Welcome to Chat About, sponsored today by the Bemidji Chrysler Center Honda of Bemidji and First National Bank Bemidji. One week from tonight is the night we light. So Captain Christmas himself, Josh Peterson, is here to tell us all about it. Plus, we check in with the mayor of Bemidji to find out all the doings in the city. And we discuss sonic booms as well. It's all coming up today on Chat About. It's time to actually start talking Christmas as the night we light is on its way. We have Captain Christmas himself with us, Josh Peterson. Josh, welcome. Thank you. And just starting to talk Christmas? I mean, we've been, <laughs> I've been talking Christmas since last Christmas. I actually, know. since before last Christmas. I know. I know. <laughs> well, Josh, let's talk a little bit about this event that we got coming up because you are so front and center in that. Ugh. and. and Boy, this thing has has expanded over the years, hasn't it? It's that's our twenty seventh year, and so we're hovering right around seven hundred to seven hundred fifty thousand lights as of this year. Um, last count, uh, it's getting to be so many. But our my personal goal when I kind of took the helm of this project back in twenty fifteen was within ten years we'd hit one million lights. So we got two years to go. We're about two hundred two hundred fifty thousand lights shy from that mark. Yeah. So I'm optimistic we'll hit that. But with like the success of last year's event, I mean, we had we were very blessed to have sponsors reach out already the day after of la- day after last year's night we light, wanting to get involved, wanting to contribute, wanting to have their own displays, and so you know went to a Christmas trade show in February and mm-hmm. learned the latest in technology and what's new and what's up and coming and. Next thing you know, you'll you'll everyone will see what we have, what we've added is massive this year. It is indeed. Um, so let's go right there. What all is going on? This, oh my gosh! So this next week, the biggest and probably most noticeable is the Paul Bunyan Christmas Pixel Tree. So it's the largest of its kind in the Midwest. So it's unique because I mean it's only grow it grew about uh, about two and a half feet taller than it was last year. But that's because we have a new star on top, a 3D Christmas star, which was sponsored by Evolve Creative. And then the tree itself, Paul Bunyan Communications and First City Lights Foundation had it retrofitted and redone. So all new lights on the tree, so you won't see the color blocking and the flashing like you used to. Now you're actually going to see animation. You're going to see logos. You're going to see video. You're going to see all kinds of things. It's like a giant cone-shaped television screen a little bit. (laughs) Um, so there's Santa appears on there, frosty snowflakes fall, bells ring, angels fly around the tree. It's oh pretty amazing uh, what this technology can do, and this is all a result from some of the things that we saw and learned at that I saw and learned at the trade show I went to, and uh, worked hand in hand with the company Light Up the Night Productions, um, and they've been with us every step of the way. We did our final test lighting last night to run our run of show for the uh, for the tree and. There's local flair added to it, so I won't say just what that is, but uh, if you're in high school here in Bemidji or attend Bemidji State University, you're going to appreciate some of the special features that the tree will have. nice. All right. Um, And then, so the tree was a massive upgrade, and it's so unique. It's something our neighbors to the east in Duluth don't have, and Mm -hmm. it's next to our tree. The largest is in Dollywood, and then at Anheuser-Busch in St. Louis, but ours is taller by uh, about eight and a half feet. Oh my! So, okay. so that you know, I might kick it up a notch if we can make it taller, and we're going to look explore that option if we can. But uh, yeah, so next to that, everyone has been talking because everyone has seen it is the giant ornament sitting out by Paul and Babe, and that is uh, the Giving Ornament of Dreams. So that is partnered with the United Way of Bemidji, as well as uh, sponsored by and um, presented by Hills Plumbing and Heating. And so partnering with the United Way, when you go inside this giant 
13 and a half foot ornament. It's a big blue illuminated LED sphere that looks like a giant Christmas ball. And you can go in there. There's QR codes inside. So you can actually scan that and it will send you to a, a splash webpage of you know how you can contribute to the United Way of Bemidji like holiday gifts for kids and all their other various programs. So it's a chance for people to give back just by you know exploring the, the holiday displays at the lakefront. Okay. So uh, the Giving Ornament of Dreams is right in the plaza. It's a great opportunity for photos because it's placed strategically so that when you do a photo, Paul and Baber in the background. Mm-hmm. But also we're hoping there's some wedding proposals and other special events that take place inside. Um, we've been talking about that. So that's exciting. And then other displays we've added, Bemidji Co-op uh, came to us with A&W last year and uh, wanted their own ice fishing display. So near the lake entrance, when the lake is frozen, on the south end of the park, there's an ice fishing display that was um, designed just for us. So mm, that is down okay. there. It's just an ice fisherman walking out to his ice house. So there's a little uh, wire sculpture display down on that end. There's a ice skating uh, family display on the north end, just north of the Tourist Information Center. And that's actually being accompanied by a new ice rink that's going to be installed here oh. shortly at Paul Bunyan Park. So it'll be a small, uh, what they call a pleasure rink. So it just there, it's what uh, in conjunction with the Bemidji Downtown Alliance, Rotary Club, and then the Bemidji Parks and Recreation Department. So you can rent skates at the Tourist Information Center. You'll be able to go step out and go skating right there and skate among the lights, kind of our own little mini Rockefeller Center in a way. And so um, that ice uh, skating family display is kind of a backdrop. There's a candy cane lane that's also new uh, over the footbridge on the east side of the park. And then, of course, up you go up the hill, there's the nature trail, and then you go into Library Park, and there's new Wings of Joy by Ryerson Construction that uh, was a, kind of a last-minute addition. We're excited that Ryerson stepped up to do this display, and they're giant angel wings for another photo op that you can make yourself look angelic as possible. And we have kid wings up there, too. So adult and kid wings oh side my. by side. So okay. Fun fam- there's plenty of photo ops, and with everything that we're doing this year, it's really going to make Bemidji the shining star of the North. Okay, well, uh, that's a... A bunch. bunch of displays, <laughs> but then we've got all the activities that are yes. going on too. Absolutely. So, of course, the biggest one is the night we light parade. Sure. Um, so, but I'm going to backtrack a little bit because before the night we light parade, we have Santa's workshop during the day. So, Santa's workshop is open from 10 until 5 at the Tourist Information Center. It's all been transformed, animatronic displays, there's new features in Santa's workshop as well. And outside during the day, uh, Bemidji Steel created these. Christmas-themed fire pits for us that will be positioned in the park plaza. And the mm. Parks Department will have s'more family s'more kits available. So you can go out, make your s'more, come in, see Santa, make some uh, Christmas ornaments and crafts and things like that. And have a, you know, a family experience, Hallmark family-like experience doing that. And then after Santa's workshop, uh, after 5 o'clock, we invite everyone to come on downtown for the parade. Last year, there was likely over 10,000 people crowding in those streets downtown. It was the, one of the largest crowds we've ever seen. Um, and so, you know, the street will shut down at five o'clock. So we ask that no one park along Beltrami Avenue or third street after five o'clock. You will be towed. I can't stress that enough. You will be towed. Yes. So yes, you will. And it, it is for safety reasons that we, because of when you get that many people downtown there, there just has to be a clear pathway for the floats and for the spectators. So we just ask, you know, come early, spend the afternoon, shop local, spend your time downtown, explore, and then come down for the parade, and then immediately following the parade, lighting ceremony follows right after that, uh, emceed by yours truly. Yes, I will be here. Yes. <laughs> I will be there. And um, and then, uh, of course, after the lighting ceremony, we do the big countdown from 10, and 
the fireworks will start over Lake Bemidji right there. Hollywood Pyrotechnics is on board again to bring us some of the largest fireworks we've ever seen in Bemidji. So wow. excited to have them right at right at Paul Bunyan Park, really. They sh- uh, will have a barge out on Lake Bemidji about roughly 300 feet from shore, right at the park. So it literally feels like you're right underneath the fireworks. It's a, an amazing location to, to view. So we'll have the lights, the fireworks, the parades, and his workshop, and all kinds of activities. Tell me about Carts of Care. Carts of Care. So when you come to the parade, you're going to want to bring uh, either a non-perishable food item or an unwrapped toy. And so what we do is we're trying to help replenish the food shelf after the Thanksgiving holiday to prepare for the Christmas holiday, but also want to help uh, you know get toys brought in for holiday gifts for kids. Um, so we want to make sure that everyone that maybe in the time of need, you know, we want to bring a little bit of joy to them this this holiday season. So that being said, if you can't make it or you don't want to lug it down to the parade route, and because we'll have a team of uh, Target team members pushing Target shopping carts near the beginning of the parade, and so we ask that individuals that do bring donations place them in those shopping carts as they come down the parade route, and then we'll collect those and. Um, those, if you want to bring it down earlier in the day, can drop it in Santa's sleigh at Santa's workshop. So the whole effort is to fill Santa's sleigh uh, for the holidays. Okay. All right. So very important. Please do that. that yes, that's absolutely. Awesome. Um, so tell, this has evolved from who actually runs it. Uh, tell us that evolution to the okay. foundation. So the evolution started with... Um, Mayor Doug Peterson, no relation to me, mm-hmm. uh, and St. Paul Mayor and then later Senator Norm Coleman uh, worked together in 95 to bring this concept of the first city of lights into fruition in 1996. Then, ever since then, the city it was a city-run event and mm-hmm. city-planned project um, up until the early 2000s, and then the Chamber of Commerce took it over up till about 2014. Then in 2015, um, it almost went away, but I was an active Bemidji JC, and we, you know, we kind of stepped in, we brought it to the JCs, and we started growing it. Well, at the rate we were growing it, it kind of out, we outgrew the organization. And, you know, you want to do these larger displays and get these larger sponsorships. Um, you want to be able to offer the tax incentive. And so thus formed the 501c3 nonprofit organization, the First City Lights Foundation. So we are a 501c3, so you can make charitable donations and claim it on your taxes, um, which is a great benefit uh, when you're looking at some of these large displays. Okay. All right. Well... Um, there we go. It's all put together. We're ready to rock. We're ready to rock. We did our test lighting this morning. So some people, if you were driving down 197, maybe saw everything (laughs) illuminated this morning. Um, but, uh, it's, it's going to be exciting. And also don't forget, we'll have the voting go live on, uh, next Friday for on night. white. Night we light for the uh, window display contest through downtown Bemidji. Right. And, of course, the uh, First City of Lights Tour of Homes uh, partnered right here with you That's know, right. KZY. Yeah. KZY. So excited to have you guys on board again to provide the soundtrack for the for the tour. We're ready to go. So, Starting um, Friday. It's it's Christmas. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, so, again, one week from today, it is the Night We Light. We've got Santa's uh, workshop starting at 10 a.m. that day. We've got the parade at 6. We've got the... Opening ceremonies and the lighting ceremony and the fireworks after that. Big, big day. One week from today. Busy day. And plus, there's other activities. The Sanford Center has their Jack Frost Jubilee going on on that Friday as well in kind of conjunction with First City Lights. And also, there's the 218 Sports uh, Reindeer Run Kids Dash right before the parade. And then, of course, they're going to do a reindeer run on Saturday. Um, also, on the November 25th, the actual Reindeer Run 5K starting at 9 p.m. over on Midway Drive South. And they'll end at Paul Bunyan Park. And, of course, Santa's Workshop will be open 10 to 2 on Saturday, November 25th.
Okay, that's Josh Peterson, Captain Christmas, head of the First City of Lights Foundation, and uh, getting ready to light her up one week from today. Josh, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much, and thank you to all the businesses, uh, organizations, and families, and individuals that contributed to make this year the largest celebration we've ever had in Bemidji's history. I say it every year, but every year it keeps getting bigger and you know, I'm my mind's blown every year at how many people get excited about this this special event. It's it shows it's a treasured Bemidji tradition and so thank you to all the sponsors and everyone that's contributed to make this event special. We are talking with the mayor of Bemidji, George Prince and George, uh, we're not going to bury the lead. What are you going to do about the illegal aliens? that are coming into Nymore. <laughs> you mean the space aliens yes, that everybody are talking ones, about? Yeah. That they came in on the comet or whatever That's that right. was? Yeah. Well, I, I've got my eye out for them. You know, I live in the St. Ange neighborhood, so if I see them, right, I'll be on it. But no, I, I don't know a whole lot more about that than the general public does. I know it's been a lot of conversation. And, you know, at my home, I heard the boom. Yeah. I did not see the flash because I was not outdoors. And I couldn't, you know, figure out what it was because it obviously wasn't thunder or anything like that. I thought, well, maybe, you know, it's a sonic boom. You know, we had a jet fighter or something go by. And yeah. little did I know that it was going to be the talk of uh, the state, at Unbelievable. least. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, It's been quite the conversation. That's a fact. Yeah. When, when I walked in, uh, some of the, the folks that are greeting me out front, who I will not name, said to me, you know, if they tell us to take, take us to your leader, we're coming to your house. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyways, everyone's having some good humor with it. But uh, obviously, hopefully we get some, some real answers here in the future. Well, yeah. And uh, who knows? I mean, that... We've heard of these things in other communities and other parts of the state and nation, and it did, yeah, what it is, we may never know. But it is kind of odd to consider that it truly is a UFO, an unidentified flying object. Again, yeah. obviously, to be clear, I'm not talking about little green people or such, but, you know, it truly is, a by definition, a UFO. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I was hoping you'd have all the answers, George, but... Sorry, I do not on that one. Um, <laughs> I heard the sheriff was in. Uh, did he have any answers? Uh, about the same as yours. Ah. So, yeah, yeah. It's uh, everybody, everybody's scratching their heads. Yeah. So, um, well, uh, in things that you do know that happened, one of the cool things is um, get some solar panels on the uh, Tourist Information Center. Is that something that we're going to try to do more of in the city buildings or? Yeah, we, we definitely are. And that was the first solar array that was installed on a city building. So pretty significant. Yeah. Obviously, first time out. And to have it on such a um, preeminent building, if you will, as a tourist information center is pretty important because obviously if if there's one piece of real estate that all of Bemidji typically finds its way to at some point during the year, it's Paul Bunyan Park. And, and obviously our tourists and visitors come as well. And so, um, yeah, we, we cut the ribbon on that uh, this week. So that was a really cool thing to see. And, you know, we received a pretty significant rebate from Ottertail to make that project happen, over $30,000. So when it was brought to the council with the rebate, the payback on that was 15 years, which I think is important because to me, when I look at assets, typically about a 15-year window is about what you want to max out at because you don't want to be paying for assets that now you have to repair, right, beyond their usable life. And mm -hmm. it's hard to know for sure what that's going to be. But 15 years is usually a pretty big, you know, that's about as far out as you typically want to go. But you asked about other projects. We're also doing a solar array on the second phase of the water treatment plant. Okay. And uh, the really cool thing about that is the payback on that one is eight years. 
Oh, wow. So, you know, when these kinds of decisions come before the council and you're looking at those payback cycles, it it makes a lot of sense because obviously you're promoting clean energy, which, you know, is all about being good stewards of your natural resources and, you know, looking to the future. But when you can get the financial numbers to work for you too, it's really a win-win. And Mm so um, I'm very happy to see that happen. Um, I think we'll look at solar potentially more uh, for more places, but it has to make sense and it has to fit. But solar power, uh, the cost of it has really come down a lot over the years. And it's, I think, becoming um, a much more viable way to go than maybe it was 15 years ago. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, well, and, uh, you know, obviously, if you can save money in the long term, that makes good sense for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, like with the Tourist Information Center, they are powering the, 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 the entire center off of it, but they're also selling energy back into the grid. So I was told we got our first check as a city for doing that for like $300. So, no. you know, that's part of that, you know, um, return on investment calculation. But sure. yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to see. All right, Joint Planning Board, um, that is no longer as of the end of the year. I know you guys had approved the agreement, and now um, Northern Township has approved the agreement. So what does that mean in 2024? Well, it means as of January 1st of 2024, uh, city planning and zoning will reside solely within the city. So we had already gone through our ordinance process to get our planning and zoning set for the city. So that has now happened. We will be actively recruiting members for the new city planning commission in the near future. So I'd say to citizens, you know, keep an eye out. If you have an interest in serving on that commission, there'll be an opportunity for you to apply. So we'll get citizens on that and we'll be up and running. So um, we were just waiting on Northern Township to approve it because we had at the previous council meeting, they did on Monday. So yeah, we're moving forward in that regard. Okay, awesome. Um, and that, yeah, so the, if you're if you're zoning uh, or, or wanting to do something, if, it's, if you're in the city of Bemidji, you go to one agency. If you go to if you're in Northern, it's going to have to be another agency, which that's not a, under your purview. No, uh, they'll be setting up their own and are in process as we are. And you know, for our city residents, it'll be pretty simple because you'll be dealing with the same staff that you've always dealt with before because they are city employees, and they are now located in the space they used to occupy in the basement of City Hall. So um, if you've had, you know, planning and zoning dealings in the past, you probably won't notice a whole lot of change. Okay. Uh, in the county, there was a, uh, a lawsuit about uh, the uh, redistricting, and I know you guys are going to take a look at that again. Is that because of that, or is that just something you wanted to do anyway? I wouldn't say it's necessarily because of that. And, and again, I just want to speak for myself. I can't speak for, for all the council members on this. But, you know, we had a bit of a disjointed redistricting process. And, you know, for those who were tuning into it, when we went to do the final reading of the ordinance establishing the new wards, it failed that evening on a vote of 4-3. And for me personally, I had been voting against the map because I didn't like the map personally, and I was uh, concerned about the process that took us to that map. However, uh, when we were given advice by our legal counsel at the time, it was you know, you have to do something here tonight because if you don't, you're going to set the county backwards in terms of their redistricting efforts. And, you know, it could domino to the point where you don't even know who's running for office and you can't get them on the ballots. And so for me personally, I didn't want to see the city um, or the county, for that matter, go through something that trying. So I changed my position and I voted in favor. And that was in part what allowed that to move forward. So since that day, I've always been kind of troubled because you don't want to be making decisions in that type of situation. That's not ideal. 
And so given that redistricting is such an important part of our voting and democratic process, you want to make sure that you get that right. And it happens every 10 years, so it's not something that happens all the time. So my biggest desire was always to learn from that and be able to leave something for future councils to look back at and have some guidance as to you know how to, what are best practices, for example, because we as a council really, really didn't have that. And there was some disputing, you know, when we were looking back, you know, staff said, this is how it happened. We had some council members that said, no, my recollection is different. And so I think if we could review this process, understand, you know, how we can make it better. And if, in fact, we made any errors to, you know, not make those errors again in the future, I think that's important. And, you know, realize some of this is happening at the county level as a result of a lawsuit. Speaking for myself personally, I don't need a lawsuit to want to improve. Right. Yeah. And, and so this is an opportunity for us to, to go take a look at that and, and make sure we did things right. And if we didn't learn from them and, and put future councils, the one that will be here 10 years from now, uh, in a little better spot when they look at redistricting. And, you know, Kev, the likelihood that the current city council members will all be here 10 years from now is pretty low. So yeah. it's, it's more about setting up future councils for success. And so right now where it's at is um, the council voted at the last council meeting to task city staff with bringing forth some uh, quotes and estimates on what it would cost to have an independent third party look at this and give us a report. That'll come at a, come up at our next council meeting on Monday, and then we'll have to make a decision. But yeah, that's where we're at. Okay, uh, you guys have a code of conduct now. Is that something new, or uh, what is that all about? Yeah, it's it's brand new, and it's something that the council had been working on really for the last probably six months or so. And it's the first time the city council has actually had a code of conduct in the 125 years of the city. And so it's general, you know, it's, it'll be available on the website, so you'll be able to take a look at kind of what it is. But it's really about how do we interact with each other as a council, how do we interact with staff, what can citizens expect from us. And, you know, it's about three and a half pages long, so it's not super lengthy. Okay. Uh, we actually put some diagrams and some hyperlinks in there because obviously when we say, for example, we're going to obey open meeting law, someone might say, well, what does open meeting law need? Well, there's a hyperlink for you. You could click on that and it takes you to that. So, yeah, it was passed um, unanimously at our last council meeting. Uh, we will review it once a year. So we've agreed during the first quarter of every year we'll have an opportunity to review it and make any changes that we see fit or that we think are needed. And so, yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think when you, when you establish norms and rules and everybody agrees to those being what you're going to do, I just think it makes it you know easier for everyone. And it also communicates to the public, this is what you can hold us accountable to as well. So, All right. Uh, and you guys have a caboose now. Well, the Beltrami <laughs> County Historical Society has a caboose. Yeah, that was kind of a neat thing that got brought uh, before the council at our last meeting. Um, yeah, they're bringing in a caboose to be an exhibit as part of um, what you see there at the Beltrami County Historical Society. And it's going to be kind of positioned in front of the building. It'll be on a track. And, um, yeah, they came to ask permission from the city to do that. They've got all their own fundraising, et cetera, to, to make that happen. But, of course, the city actually owns the depot, so there has to be some sure. um, approval there to make that happen. But, yeah, as I understand it, next year we will have, I believe, a red, shiny caboose there. All right. So, yeah, it's going to be kind of neat. Um, you know, maybe we can do an episode of chat about from the caboose. That would, there, be, there, there you that go. would be awesome. Go on location. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, uh, before we wrap it up, um, tomorrow, or I mean on the, uh, on the first part of this show today, George, we talked with Captain Christmas, 
mm. uh, the night we light, got all the details. But that's just been a great event for this community for a long time. And it keeps growing, you know, and I really tip my hat to uh, Josh Peterson and the First City of Lights Foundation and all their volunteers. You know, I hope people realize how much work goes into making this such an amazing event. When you look at the parade, the parade just keeps growing, and it, it almost feels to me like it's starting to rival the 4th of July parade. And yeah. so, you know, often I'm at Paul Bunyan Park kind of waiting for everybody to come, and you just see this sea of people. I mean, I, I think the last number I heard was 11,000 people were downtown wow. last year. Wow. Um, and by the way, quick plug, no parking on the parade route. Please. We, just, we yes. just say it over and over, and we tried to post because it seems like every year a vehicle or two gets towed, and it's really unfortunate because you want everybody to have a great experience. Yeah. But I know they've made some serious investments in the Christmas tree. This year, and I think when you go down there, you're going to see uh, some pretty amazing uh, things on that Christmas tree that you haven't seen before. And just, I don't know if Captain Christmas gave you any teasers or not, um, but I know this much: if you're a lumberjack fan or a beaver fan, there's a little something special for you on that tree. Oh, which is going to be really cool. Awesome. So, yeah, you know, between the parade and the festival and, and all the lights, there's a new ornament down there. There's a new Christmas uh, star on top of the tree. It just keeps growing. And I'm just so yeah. thankful of those folks for all the, all the hard work they do. And I also want to give a, a shout out to the Sanford Center. Because they got all kinds of Christmas activities going on too. I, I don't know if you've you've seen some of that, but you know this Saturday is the Cirque de uh, Music that's mm-hmm. happening down there. Yep, which looks like a really cool event, and they're doing a gingerbread house building competition. They're having a competition down there for decorating their windows with a Christmas theme. So if you want to participate in that, you can. They've got breakfast with Santa going on down there. And then also um, they've got that Christmas um, concert with um, dinner and in, in, yeah. uh, in a show. So, you know, they're in the Christmas spirit. They, they sure are. So, well, yeah, well, if you can't find something to do at Christmas in Bemidji, right, <laughs> you, uh, you got to look harder. Look a little bit harder, yeah. And, and don't want to, you know, uh, also you know, finish without saying there's plenty of opportunities to give. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that ornament that they put in there is actually a giving ornament where you can scan QR codes to help those who are less fortunate at this time of year. And I know there's the Toys for Tots drive and there's mitten trees and there's all kinds of things going on. So, you know, that's the real spirit of Christmas. Okay. All right. Anything else, George? I'd say the only other thing, you know, we've we've talked a lot about our city manager, but uh, we're okay. ever closer to that. December 5th, uh, Mr. Rich Spitzko will be um, starting. So I suspect the next time that uh, I visit with you on chat about, he will be in place. So we're looking forward to uh, taking a step forward there too. All right. We'll have to bring him in and have a have a chat with him. Absolutely. Um, I think it's going to be important for him to get out in the community and connect with all kinds of uh, different folks and organizations and, and such. So yeah, this would be a great spot for him to say hello. George Prince is the mayor of Bemidji, and he's always checking in with us at least once a month. It's always great to have him in. George, thank you for being here today. I appreciate it so much, Kev, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to all. Yes, I love Thanksgiving. Chatabout has been sponsored by First National Bank Bemidji and Bemidji Chrysler Center Honda of Bemidji. That's it for this week. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for taking time throughout the week to join us, find out what's happening in the area. We'll have a short week next week. Shows Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, but of course Thanksgiving and Black Friday we will take off. That's it for now. Have a great weekend.